0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening. I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here of Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. As usual, I am unprepared, but I'm going to let it do what it do. Again, tonight is October the 17th, so I'm in a whole another thing. Well, I am grieving and mourning at the same time as well as wanted to make sure that I came on tonight to do the show. Because today is my mother's and my grandmother's birthday. October is an interesting month for my family because it seemed like everybody's birthday was during the month of October. So I just posted the information on Facebook Facebook Live. So to help me out here, I know my voice be going in and out. We've been doing this for almost a month. But if you knew my mother personally and you want to share some funny stories or some things in her memory, I want to hear from you. Give me a call. And not only do I want you to give me a call to help celebrate my mother's birthday. I know in covid hit people were doing Zoom birthdays and things of that nature, so we're going to do a, a blog talk radio birthday for my mother and my grandmother. Because they was nothing to play with, neither one of them, and it was crazy because they always celebrated their birthdays together, and we had many many, many, many years of good times. and as a matter of fact, I think i'm I feel it to call my cousins that may not be listening to the show right now just so they can tell their cousins and and auntie's happy birthday but in addition to that. I want to say that the month of October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And during the month of October, a lot of organizations get together. I even participated in a My Sister, My Friend event last Saturday. It was a beautiful event. And hopefully, Antoinette Greer will be calling in because there was a lot of information that we wanted to share but we couldn't share because of time. But it was a beautiful event. And I want to say that not only was it a beautiful event, and we talk about breast cancer awareness, a lot of organizations are going to be doing something. Now, if you have an organization and you are going to be hosting a breast cancer awareness event, give me a call and let me know and share your information, date, time, and where it's going to be, because early detection is key. And knowing that or being told that you have breast cancer does not automatically mean it's a death sentence, because things have changed, and I'm going to be sharing some information in regard to that. So even if you are recently diagnosed, you are a survivor, you know someone that has succumbed to cancer, because I know my mother passed away in 2008 at the age of 59, and I always tell people, I'm going to live past 59, and I'm scheduled to go get my mammogram this Friday. And I get tired of getting mammograms because every time I go they see something. I tell people I've got more flags than my breast than the doggone flag of the United States. They always market something. But, thank God, that is always benign, and I have Aflac. So, I get breast cancer, I get the check. And I am gonna ride it out to wheels fall off, but you ain't put me in no grave until I'm past 59, because I, ref- I refuse and I will live longer than my mother did. So that means they gotta freeze my body and wait. And we also know that Suzanne Summer also came to come to breast cancer, and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about that, too, because she was another one that was an advocate, a role model. We remembered her from Three's Company, but she just passed away recently of breast cancer after a long battle. So, again, if you or someone you know is dealing with breast cancer, if you have questions and you want to talk about it, you want to share, like I said, if you know my mother personally and you want to talk about it, give me a call at 516 387 19 one four. So I'm gonna call my cousin because she is funny to me, and I I just love her. I love talking to her, and I want to hear what she got to say because sometimes she keeps up with the show. But I don't know if she's doing it this late at night. But we are gonna see. I'm gonna put her on blast, and this is not a prank call. Let's see if she answers the phone. She wanna answer the phone for me. What are you? Okay. I can't get her to answer the phone. And I didn't even say which cousin's name, so if you watch listening to the show, you don't know that I'm calling you. So if I can't get through to her, let me call someone else. I'm trying to get people to call so that they can share and talk about their family members because today is their birthday. So let me see if my auntie answered the phone.
0: Hey, Auntie, how you doing? Dear, I, I was trying
1: to, I was watching you on TV, so how you doing? Are you watching me on Facebook live? Come on, i watching you on TV. You sound like my um my granddaughter's sister. They'd be like, my, um, their mama said, my kids be watching you on TV. I'd be like, I don't uh-huh. want
0: be on TV. I ain't got my show yet.
1: You know, but yeah. thank you. Uh-huh. Well, I got you live on the radio, and you are on my phone, so I okay, got you well, live. I'm
0: sorry, everybody, that you have to hear what I had to say, but I was letting her know I'm so proud of her. I don't know what to do, and I just sent it to everybody, sent it to her, so she would know. Well,
1: yeah. thank you, thank you. You're about
0: to make me cry. No, well, I'm just sitting here, you know, like I always do, alone. You know, I watch you talking about the breast cancer and everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what I would think they, they would come up with since their sixties and fifties. They I guess the breast breast cancer is more what you call wondering why it hurts people and making so bad. Mm-hmm. But they don't see that uh Easternees uh, and other stuff that they have for women. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. They don't.
1: They don't. they don't. They
0: don't. They don't talk about it. I mean, I am more of them. Correct. But nobody, nobody, just talk about. I didn't even know what I had. They didn't know what I had. They didn't even they just knew it. that was it. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Mhm. Mhm. And you know, and this is the thing. And you, what you just said is interesting. I was hoping that the lady called in from my sister, and my friend, because I attended an event on Saturday, and I've been hoarse for about a month. But oh, I sat on a panel with some very prominent, highly educated doctors, and I yeah. had my auntie when she posted, she her posting on Facebook, and I said, if I get to sit on panels with doctors now. You know they want to hear what I have to say,
0: right. and
1: that is an accomplishment. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but that right. is definitely an accomplishment when you're asked to come and present and speak. With panel on panels with doctors or lawyers or
0: because
1: right. I get to sit, sit amongst the crowd and share what I know.
0: Right. And, right.
1: you know, and one of the questions came up and a lady asked a question and I wanted to answer it, but we didn't have a lot of time. But one of them, the question was, back in the South, most people from the South, right. when they're told that they have cancer or breast cancer, They don't want nobody to know. They keep the secret from their family, their friends, their coworkers. They tell very few people. And part of that is because of the stigma as it relates to an illness because they don't want nobody to know that they were sick. Now, you know that that Jean passed away. We know she had cancer. And Jean
0: was one that never looked. A lot of people didn't even know Jean had cancer until she died. I know, yeah, but she didn't look the point. She didn't. She didn't. What got me was, was so funny when she, said, she called me and told me to come down to her house. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to ask me some questions, you know, about me being a nurse, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, Peewee, I went to the doctor today and I said, what they say. And uh, I noticed the change in the first three or four months, you know, mm-hmm. and her attitude and things like had changed a little bit. And I was more worried about her. She said, the doctor said, I have stage four cancer. Yeah, that was when they got to stage four. Yeah. And she said, how many more do I have? I know. I said, baby, you don't have no more. So, it only goes to stage four. And to see her face and how she reacted. I know. Well, I said, why didn't they tell you before now?
1: I know. But you know what, Wee? Well, part, part of that was on genes. I know, yeah. Jean, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because early, we know that early detection saves lives. We know that. Right. When it comes right. to and preventive measures maintenance, when Jean first was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she had to have a breast removed, remember we was at the hospital and she was uh, messing oh with me, coming with getting him I told her, I said, I don't know what you're worried about. Ain't you got big titties anyway. She was like, Well, give me your titty then. I know. I just had her laugh when she had the procedure. G right. cancer when it's a total remission.
0: I know, exactly. exactly.
1: She didn't want to change her attitude.
0: No. And there, she, no. she used to say, She's so mad. Her friends are not having it. I know. I say everybody don't get it. They get other things. She, I didn't have breast cancer, but I had something worse. I have lupus and sarcoidosis.
1: Yeah.
0: Her, uh, you Yeah. You know? Her
1: attitude was horrible. It was horrible. And right. what happened, Jean stopped going to the doctor as she stole her medical records. I
0: was going to say, anybody can take their own medical records home. Oh. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that yeah. i see. seen. Peewee, how'd she
1: get them medical
0: records off that hospital? Because they do me the same way right now. I mean, having three or four different doctors. Mm-hmm. When they have nurses come in and go on the computer and put everything down and show what you for the day and ask you about your medication and okay and stuff. And they leave the folder right there on the table. Nowadays, when a girl went out to make tests uh, for everybody or do something like that, so that leaves the paperwork right there.
1: Jean sold
0: so the whole file. <laughs> Dewey, Sewee,
1: your sister was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. but the no,
0: she team, knew she knew her time was coming. She I knew. I told her. she, she knew. and she was mad. She and what
2: happened? I remember when she first I watched
0: your your, uh, your foot. I when I come down here. didn't mm-hmm. started changing colors yet. Mm-hmm. As, as I told you guys, when I went down there that, day, that morning before she died, I said her feet are turning and turning blue. Correct. Correct and I sat there and I talked to her. She, she wasn't conscious then, but I was talking to her and then she came to herself a little bit. And then she went back into a coma, you know. Mm hmm and I I just couldn't take it. Even I know.
1: though I know it was trying very long. It was hard. It was it was it was hard. It was hard. But getting even to that, I remember when she first got the diagnosis
0: wow. and I was
1: in I was in um Arkansas and she called me she said, When are you coming back home? I said, I don't know, I'm on vacation because I was out with the family. And she said, well, I went to the doctor, and they said I got the C word. I said, the C word? You crippled? What's the C word? (laughs) Because she didn't know know how to tell me. But even then, she didn't want to to start drinking. She still lived her life, but that pain started kicking her butt. Exactly. When that cancer came back and she had that HER2 new gene, it kicked her butt. And she kept yeah. complaining about pain. And I said, Mom, you need to find out. What, I said, what stage are you in? She said, I don't know. So I said, well, you need to go back to the doctor and find out what stage you're in. Then she went, she called me, and I was shopping for my granddaughter some school clothes. She said, yeah. I went to the doctor, and they said, I'm stage four. If I look this good at stage four, I can't wait to get to stage five. I, I know, said, I know oh, my God. God. No oh, my God. Oh, my God. I told her, I said, Mom, there is no stage five. Jean was mad at the world. She was mad at at the world. the
0: world world wasn't a word. It wasn't a word. But she called me Uh. before she passed. She told me, P. -P -P, I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. on how I treated you, you know, I said, don't worry about it, Jean. I know how a year of you having cancer, and they tell you just test that test. I didn't want to do so many tests in the past five years mm-hmm. since I've been here in Texas, and I'm so tired. I had to go to the doctor uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. 7.30 in the morning, you know, because my pain is so severe now. And i seen you at the party. I said, I used Walking and everything, mm-hmm. I, I know I can't walk on my
1: feet and my legs are mm-hmm. bones. So my my grandkids right or at me the other day because my fingers are going opposite ways. My baby fingers is curling up and the arthritis is getting out of control. They Ugh. said that it's the arthritis that and the look. lupus. Is a-
0: hmm. You haven't seen nothing about the fingers. My, I wake up, my fingers are balled up in a fist. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the strength to open them. So I have to walk around in the morning with my three fingers folded in my it right is. hand.
1: People get it hurt. It hurts.
0: I have arthritis, and it is
1: bad. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. I couldn't even touch my feet. My feet couldn't even hit the ground last night. I was in so much pain.
0: My hands
1: were hurting so bad, yourself, you know? and the doctors don't want to listen. The only no. thing that works for me is prednisone, and they don't want to give me prednisone, but nothing else works. They gave me
0: some kind of chemotherapy medicine, and I had a stroke in December. December. Y'all ain't going to be killing me. Okay, I told Angel. I mean, I boogie. They have your own steroid. they are killing you. I told you, like and her. If they tell you you need steroids, they
1: want to give you anything over 10 milligrams,
0: tell them no. Mm-hmm. No.
1: They had me on steroids, 50 milligrams a day. Yeah. And we well, see how I wind up. You blew up. But see, but the thing I is going, that first. in two pounds in less than three months. Yeah, see, my body is not doing that, Pee-wee, but I can't deal with that pain. That pain on you know, my nerves. It, 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 it gets on my nerve.
0: But yeah. getting back
1: to what we were saying is I remember when she said, when they told us she had stage four, she made an appointment. We went. My mother walked in that doctor's office with that lady. The lady walked in. Jean said, bitch, why you didn't tell me I was dying? I said, oh, okay. Lord. Yeah. Oh,
0: Lord.
1: Yeah. She cussed the doctor out. Then after she yeah. did that, she took us on a field trip and took us to the cemetery. I'm yeah. like the Marchewer. Me and you both sitting there. I'm buying up everything I can find. I think Samantha's calling in. Let me log this caller on. Okay. Well, wait, wait,
0: don't here.
1: hang up. Don't hang up. Hi, this is okay. Jeanette. Welcome Hi. to Present Peculiar, Love Talk Radio. Number ended six three seven nine. How are you doing?
2: I'm good.
1: My Just so auntie you know I might me. get cut off. Yes. That's Samantha. Samantha. Samantha so calling
0: from All the right. crew. Yeah. It's a special show. It's a what? It's a special show. You know I'm always gonna call
2: in for the breast cancer show.
1: I know, I know. I didn't think you were gonna make it because of the uh cruise but I'm so glad to hear your voice. I told I said, We gotta watch the news <laughs> to make sure don't nobody go overboard. So um, <laughs> said, Well the ship is so big. To where they ain't going to always see each other. I said, because she going to get drunk. And when she starts drinking, yeah. she going to get mad. They're all yeah. get in their feelings. I said, then they going to start talking about me. And my auntie going to take up for me. And somebody going to get sold off the boat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were leaving.
1: I said, I can't be on the boat that long. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'll be like, like I was with Riri playing, how I go seek at the gym. I would have been playing, how I go seek at the boat. I mean, I'm in mean, all, uh. all the emotions going to be all over the place. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh-huh. I uh time and don't go crazy with each other. <laughs> I know. I did. I
0: did. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have, I don't want them to do that because it's too much fun to eat from this time.
1: Correct. Do but you, know, well, I'm glad they're they enjoying themselves, though. They look like they're having a good time. So, Utzi, yeah. thank you for joining the show today. And I attended an event on Saturday. Which was for breast cancer awareness, and it was a beautiful event. A beautiful event. And it one of the things, like give you some information about facts about breast cancer, because one of the things, Auntie, you've said, and you are a breast cancer survivor, is that getting a mammogram at a younger age. Don't wait till you're 40, because family history plays a role. When I was at that event, I saw some young women that had breast cancer, had the procedures done. Some I sat on a panel with some doctors. They were talking about. How they are now rebuilding nipples, and people had questions. And one of the questions that I was telling um, Pee Wee was, one of the ladies asked about why people don't want people to know yeah. the stigma behind it, especially in the South. What is your take on that? Yeah. Actually, when that you was diagnosed, was you scared to tell people, or what was your emotion behind that?
2: Um, I wasn't scared to tell people because who's supposed to be in your life will be in your life regardless mm-hmm. of what goes on. So I wasn't scared to tell people. It's just that when I did tell them, they were crying and falling all out like I was going to die tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I I had early detection. So, you know, the difference between me and my sister, you know, once she went in and finally went in and all of that and did what the doctor said do. It was too late. But when I – and because of that, because of that, when I went in there and they told me I had breast cancer and what did they want me to do, I'm like, take the breath. But a lot of women have the fear of um, husbands leaving them, men not wanting them, feeling less than a woman, you know – without the brass or without I didn't care about none of that. I cared about living. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. And whoever wasn't there after this God written because
0: mm-hmm.
2: he wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. So that's the way I felt about it. And I had read a book by Patty LaBelle when she that's how I learned about the perimenopause. Um but she because Patty LaBelle had she didn't tell nobody, but she had it too. Mm-hmm. And her husband left her, and stuff like that, and then I met a couple of women in Cleveland who had it, and her husband left them because they had to get their breasts removed and But you know, I had bilateral surgery as soon as they removed the breast, they built another one,
0: mm-hmm. so
2: all in one surgery, I had the breast removed and the breast rebuilt, mm-hmm. so I didn't
1: have you know-
0: to go through much of that.
1: That was another question that someone asked because you have individuals that have taken birth control pills and the hormones, and they wanted to know if that could play a role in getting developing breast cancer, and individuals that are, are have big bucks. Now, you know, we was the two big titty people in the family. Now I guess I'm the only big
0: titty mm-hmm. person by my
1: Because I'll be looking at my <laughs> Facebook stuff, and I'll be like, ooh, my titties look big. Good Lord. You know, and when, when I'm face-to-face, face, my breasts don't look that big. But when you're in the store yeah. buying 40 double Ds and double, oh, they wait a minute, what the hell? <laughs> Clap you on <in> the <laughs> titty. Um, Some individuals are trying to get breast reductions to avoid yeah. that, where back before people were getting breast implants because they wanted to, you know, look all big in the, in the breast. But
0: do that, but. do
1: you think because you
2: was big busted when we were younger. Right.
1: Right. Um I don't know about
0: um
2: if the size of my breast had anything to do with me, uh, having cancer. I I really do think I had it because it's it's in our it's in our genius.
1: family.
2: Yes, yeah, it's in our family. Mhm. Yeah, so that's why I think I I got it. But um, as far as the big breath, I don't think that had nothing to do with it, really. Now, birth control, I, I can believe that because I was mm-hmm. on it for a while. Um, they I, they put me on it to regulate my periods because, you know, when I was a kid, I was having periods for three days every three months. Mm. Mama was taking me to the doctor all the time thinking I was pregnant, and I wasn't doing nothing, <laughs> but because of that irregular period,
0: he popping
1: me upside my head every other month, you know. <laughs> Our family itself, you said probably upside the head. Girl, I popped Reggie right in my mouth with a shoe the other day. I got so mad you know,
0: and I'd be like,
1: <laughs> Just don't let that spirit come out of me. I'd be trying so hard to keep my hands to myself. Whatever would be challenging my gangster, And that just reminded me of that. I said, when you said, Mama, pop me upside my head. And Reggie be wondering where that be coming from. I'd be like, Reggie, leave me alone. Leave me alone, Reggie. You don't know you messed with Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, see. I had to apologize, right? He said, "I was wondering why my lip was hurting the next day." Woo, I was so mad, I got up, and because I said no drinking in my house, and then you know what? And I'm going to say this is about All alcohol. Right. There have been studies that have linked alcohol to cancer too, because I don't know nobody, yeah, yeah. For kids that have had been diagnosed with cancer that did not drink alcohol. So I got this thing, yeah. no alcohol in my house, because people's behavior change. And I ain't got time for the yeah. behavior. The, the mood swings and the pressure, it gets on my nerves. So I said no drinking in my yeah. house. This sucker, I turned around, he was drinking a hurricane in my face. master, <laughs> I got up so quick, and I had that arthritis been kicking my butt. So he thought I was going to be slow getting over there. So he going to try to down it before I got to him. Samantha, so I snatched that beer and picked up the shoe and swung that shoe so quick. It was like, blah, <laughs> blah. Everybody was looking like, I should get over there quick. What happened? What and then the end the day, the morning when I put the guy, he's going to ask uh, Alicia's boyfriend, why y'all didn't help me? They said, what the hell What we supposed to do? Alicia said, he asked Lisa, you didn't help me, cousin? You, Lisa said, Lisa said, that's your mama. Then he said, well, what about my dog Coco? Girl, Coco swole by a chair. She almost broke every rib she had trying to get out that living room when she saw me getting up. But I was just like, yeah, just disrespect me in my face after I said no alcohol in my house, and you go get a hurricane and drink it right in front of my face. Girl, ooh, he, he don't know. He, he just don't know, okay?
0: But... <laughs> Yeah, I, do know, I do know that alcohol
2: is a contributor of um, cancer. It does help. It does not help you when you drink. So.
1: Right. And that was Jean's, one of her biggest problems. She didn't want to stop drinking. You can't take the medicine and drink. Yeah. Now, I'm going to share some yeah. stuff. And, again, if you want to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Kaiser. They're calling me now. I ain't answering the phone. They call to tell me. To remind me of my mammogram that's scheduled for Friday, but every time I go there, they always want to. They tell me I got a biopsy, and then I got no, I got to do a mammogram, an ultrasound, and then a biopsy, and then I look up and I got this big old freaking expensive bill when I already have a six hundred and eighty dollar premium, and then on top of that, you got to meet a deductible, which is horrible. Insurance is crazy wow. when it's stuff like that, and that's what a lot of people they get that's deterred. So let me um, share this information, and it talks about that there's nothing easy about breast cancer diagnosis, and that the cancer, and what's more, there are several kinds of breast cancer, each be having differently and requiring targeted treatment approaches. A lot of people don't know that, that there's different types of breast cancer and different targeted treatment approaches. One main type, yeah. which can be more aggressive, grows faster than others. It's called the HERS. Two positive breast cancer. That's what Jean had. This form of cancer right. accounts for 25% of all breast cancer cases. If you are a loved one, has recently been diagnosed, you want to find out whether you have the HER2 positive type, which will affect everything from diagnostic tests to treatment methods, and your doctor may suggest. So they take a closer look at that, that gene. Now, the thing is when we start talking about that, that is a fact because the HER2-positive breast cancer is developed from a gene mutation. And then it also talks about is there are known risk factors for HER2-positive cancer. And you talked about that in regards to being hereditary. Now, the one thing they talk about is it being a higher weight, you know, um, individuals that weigh more, not living Mm -hmm. a lifestyle, having a child Mm -hmm. for the first time after age 30, using tobacco products can up your risk, and the cancer is also more likely to occur in younger women, and they got ads and they put information out there because we first thought you had to be 40, but no, that's not true. Now, the hurt can be aggressive. And when we start talking about it being aggressive in a way that it affects individuals. Like I said, it's, it's different, but the fear when you an attitude. And I know you were saying that people were afraid. You you told the story about what your daughter went through and wanted you to go and get um get your your mammogram. You know, mm-hmm. girl. When I had to go one time for something, girl Reggie told me one time he couldn't take me. I had to take myself. So it, 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 it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy. But I have a, I have a question because these were some things that on Facebook that Internet had wanted me to address. You put it down there, and I was prepared to talk about it. But, girl, I had left my paper sitting at home. But the behavior concern, oh. being informed of the diagnosis and the grief process, what was the grief process like for you in regards to did your behavior change? Because your sister, cause she was mean. <laughs> she was mad because didn't nobody else had it. Oh.
2: I think my behavior did change as far as um, looking at life and and putting things off and saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. That kind Mm -hmm. of scared me into, okay, do it today because tomorrow (laughs) may not come, Mm -hmm. you know. So you know, I'm a big procrastinator. You know, I will procrastinate. I'll put it off until next year if I could. But that's changed. I'm, I'm not. I, I still will put stuff off, but it's stuff that I can put off.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But as far as you know, saying okay, I can wait to do that, or I can do that later, or this is not the right time. No, I don't do that anymore. I find the time. You know, so that it changed me like that. It didn't change me to being angry or mad. I wasn't angry or mad about having cancer. I just, I felt like it was because I had prayed so long after mama died. I had prayed to die too. I mm-hmm. felt that that was God's way of saying, do you really want to? If you mm-hmm. really want to, here's your chance. Mm-hmm. But, so, that's why when I first was told I had breast cancer, and I walked out the hospital, looked straight up to the sky and said, oh, you funny. Oh, you real funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh, they said, you
1: want to out telling me your plans. Girl, ooh-wee. <laughs> <laughs> I was swimming, I'm trying not to deal with the breast cancer and all that, honey. I remember I used to tease mama about arthritis. She was talking about this arthritis, and ain't nothing wrong with her, ain't nothing. Girl, when I just put my hand up the other day, Ryder started laughing at my fingers. I wanted to give him the f you finger. I was like, "Girl, fingers just going off." <laughs> I said, "Well, at least it ain't my toes. <laughs> at least you'd be like, oh,
2: oh,
1: my honey, god, honey, you need to do something about that.'" I'm like, "Leave me alone. Leave me alone, girl. Fingers just—I <laughs> be throwing up. I I'd, I'd, I'd be like throwing up size and 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 girl." Fingers ain't no joke. Which one? You know I always had a crooked index finger anyway. Gir yeah. that ain't all my my fingers and my teeth. I said aging ain't no joke. This man's getting on my uh, nerves. No. Okay. But the be Some individuals and that's not even talking about just the mental health part of it. Now with the grief process, individuals go through the the grief in regards to the denial, the anger, the bargaining the acceptance, sometimes the guilt, and then we have hope. Some individuals will have hope, and some individuals may slip into a deep depression and feel hopeless, especially if they had family members that have died of cancer. Because I had my cancer policy way before Jean got diagnosed with cancer. So I, I've had mm. aflux, like in the 90s, I had a cancer policy. But a lot of times we don't, when they say people will perish due to lack of knowledge, we no. don't educate ourselves. We get scared. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to know. We don't. And then when it get too late, right. and then we go to the doctor saying, "Doctor, doctor, please!" Are mad because can't nobody give us no help? I want to give some information right. about early warning signs of invasive breast cancer: irritated or itchy breasts, change in breast color, increase in breast size or shape over a period of time, changes in touch, may your heart tender or warm, peeling or flaky nipple skin, and a breast lump or thickening. I learned at this conference that they can rebuild you a nipple. I didn't know that. They said yeah. the sensation yeah. may feel a little different, but now they got so much stuff going on. Now they said, what are the five warning signs of breast cancer? New lump in the breast or underarm armpit thickening or swelling part of the breast, irritation or dippling in the breast skin, redness, flaky skin in the nipple area of the breast, pulling in the nipple or pain in the nipple area. And I also want to let people know, men can be diagnosed with breast cancer too.
2: Breast cancer, yes they can.
1: And that's something that a lot of people are not aware of. Okay?
2: Yes, they can.
1: In the grief process, Don't just end with the diagnosis. Because, and I wanted to touch a little bit on Suzanne Summers, who just passed away of breast cancer. And um, she did what? A 20-year battle? Our cancer went away. Cancer came back. Being remissioned. You know, you start grieving the loss of your hair. You don't feel the same. You don't, your taste buds change. A lot of that can occur because there's a lot of not only with the grief process, is the mental health the anxiety, right. the depression, the OCD. And a lot of you don't even think about the OCD and i want to talk about that because the obsessive compulsive disorder. You start right. doing things, memory changes, you don't remember if you did certain things, you become repetitive about things. Did you notice that or have you had friends or people that you know dealt with OCD when they had diagnosed or was with, with dealing with symptoms of breast cancer?
0: Um, no, I didn't,
1: no. Because that OCD is huge. Uh,
2: yeah, it just brings to mind of, even now, uh, to this day, I still do things a certain way to, you know, that I didn't do before. Once I had breast cancer, you have to change, you have to change. You know, your lifestyle. You know, I ain't never been no vegetable eater or nothing like that. So I've been around here uh, with olive oil and bell peppers and onions.
0: <laughs> my, my grandkids be like, "Grandma, when did you start eating that?
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And, you know, when yeah. I think of the OCD, Jean didn't like to clean, but she was cleanly, it was a cleanliness. Jean was wearing masks yeah. before we even heard of COVID. I don't know where she got the mask from. Dry. and masks. But she had OCD bad. With She was wearing gloves. She didn't want to touch nothing. She didn't want anybody to touch her. She was germaphobic. She dealt with a lot of OCD that people don't even realize that they may develop once they've been told that they wow. have to keep with it or around people. The fear, the fear of the unknown is huge. And that's yeah, awesome. you and do have
0: hope.
1: that. And adjustment. And not only getting into what we're talking about the quality of life but adjusting to a new lifestyle new eating habits yeah. last night i walked i said because i made a promise to myself that i was going to walk every day every day i'm going to walk around the block i used to walk before girl when i came back my feet was hurting uh-huh. so bad i know you didn't go which you think you doing but people don't <laughs> realize that lack of exercise can impact your mental health as well as your physical health, which can also be a factor when you have breast cancer or developing
2: it. Right,
1: so right. Fat, the fat around your belly. That was an issue with that they, doctors talked to people about. So what is your take on that with the adjustment and learning how to adapt to a new lifestyle? Because I'm hard it and even with my arthritis, and people keep telling me, Janet, maybe you should try the shot. Maybe, girl, you know I'm scared of needles. But they say you do the shot once a week. And then one of my friends was like, well, I had to do it because I didn't want to be handicapped or I didn't want to, what did she say, um, not disabled, either disabled or disfigured. I don't want to be looking like that, but I don't want to be shooting myself up with no needles either. So that would be an adjustment that I would have to make. I don't know if I am going to do all that. Yeah. So
0: adjustment,
1: yeah. what would be for you? Say that again? How was it for you to adjust and adapt to a new lifestyle? Because we are creatures of habit.
2: Yeah, um, it was hard. It was hard. And there's a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing that I went back to doing
0: because,
2: you know, you get that you get that mentality, oh, I'm going to die anyway. You know what I mean? So, it's like so what you ain't got to die quicker than God wants you to by doing stuff you're not supposed to. So, the it was it's a hard it's still a hard adjustment for me, Jenny. I'm still adjusting. I'm still trying to do the right thing and um make sure I, you know that I move and I, you know because they say you got to move that body, so mm-hmm. that move and and everything else. And, you know, now I got a bad ship. And I haven't even went to check it out because I'm scared that's going to be arthritis. Cause you, <laughs> so it's just like, girl, just, it's a big, it's, it's, it's a big. Adjustment. Honey, I know. And it's, I know. Hard. it's I know. hard. I know. I know. Between me and my dog, Coco, we be looking at each other. I get mad because I got to get up before she do. She be looking at me like, I ain't got no job. I ain't
1: going to go nowhere. <laughs> I be mad. I'm going
0: to
1: <laughs> next to cover. That's her bed from up under her. Because <laughs> i got to get in. <laughs> She'd be
0: looking at me like, "Uh, I know I'm getting old. I'm adapted to this
1: lifestyle. Girl, it's crazy. It's crazy because animals can it even is. get
0: another cancer.
2: But that adjustment? Yeah, now, the they can. Life, the quality cancer, of life was. They can have, uh, arthritis. The all, animals can get cancer. Arthritis, they get all of that.
1: I know. Like I said, me and Coco both we we be both having a standoff. I be wanting to give her some of my medicine. I'm like, poor dog," but she Coco be hanging. Coco is hanging in there. But I know if I take her to the vet, they're gonna tell me to put her to sleep, and I don't want to do that. But she's not in pain. She's not in pain because yeah. she's moving. She's doing. But I'm, I'm watching her body change. You know, I'm watching knots on her yeah. nipples. And girl, she eats. She has ate the knots off. I said, Coco, it ain't that serious. If it's cancer, you can't just eat the dog tumor. Girl, she eat it all. And right. It. It's a mess.
2: It's a mess. Oh, my God.
1: It's, it's crazy. Quality of life and trying to continue your lifestyle, like you said. You know people that have left. And a lot of times, and, that, and we're going to talk a little bit about the impact on a person and the family. Sometimes people don't know what to do. They don't want to see their loved ones hurting they don't want to see their loved ones in pain. Because I know, like, my niece will be looking at me like, Auntie, you got it? Auntie, you okay? Auntie, and I, I don't want to give up my independence. But sometimes right. I don't want to give up right. my baby. I'll be in so much pain. You know, but I, I will press my way. I'll push my way to do what I got to do. And I think that was Jean's right.
0: issue.
1: She did not want to give up her independence. She didn't want it. her quality of life. When Jean got to the point to where she couldn't do for herself, that was hard for her, hard. When yeah. she said, I got to the bathroom, and me and Angel was fussing because we couldn't pick her up, and Angel was like, I got a bad back. I'm like, she said she got to use the bathroom, and we put a pamper on her, girl, Jean peed everywhere. But she was mad. Jean ain't never not been able to get her butt up and go to the bathroom. But right. like right. is a challenge. And we, as family members, we have to be more sensitive. We have yeah. to be more caring because our fear with the impact on the family, our fear as a family, we don't know what to do. We really don't. When Jean was laying in that bed, Samantha, and hadn't eaten days, Dave's I'd say, give her some baby food. Or I'd, give, I'd give my mama a, a, a jar of Gerber. You know you ain't supposed to eat baby like like that. I'm feeding the baby food. Mm-hmm. Dipping the sponge in the water and she's like I'm thirsty. The quality of life was deteriorating. We didn't know what to do. We really didn't know right.
0: what to
1: do. And the pain that individuals endure. Not all, some of it is different for some people is the pain. And the coping. Let's talk a little bit about the coping mechanism because all of this stuff is traumatic. I tell individuals when I um, do grief counseling, one of the hardest things I've ever done was have to watch my mother pass. I've never seen anybody die.
2: Right.
1: But watching right. what she went through and watching the rigor in her feet, through her body, her not being able to talk anymore, I, I'm going to tell you Jean's last words was when Boogie walked in the house and she said, Mom, I'm here. I'm ready to take care of you. Jean said, oh, shit. Can't say another word
0: She
1: said what? Oh, shit. <laughs> I said, ooh. Here, Boogie, gonna come in. Mom, I'm here to take care of you. Mom, I'm here. Jean said, oh, shit. So by the time Carter got there and she wasn't talking, and when Tootie and Junior Boy came in and she didn't cuss them out, I knew she can't talk no more. Because she had already yeah. cussed out, said, and did. But when she couldn't say nothing to Carter, Tootie, and Junior Boy, I knew she it was it was a wreck. But it was hard for us. It was very hard to watch her deteriorate like that. Very hard. And like I said, in a lot I of times,
0: said.
1: don't know what to do. And I want to say this to families. Because what they do, and they may not realize it, is their defense mechanism kicks in, and the number one besides the denial is the projection. They project things onto other people. They try and make other people pay for their pain, and that becomes a problem, and they don't even realize they're doing it. They really don't. It's a projection. What about you? Because you know what? what, what, With Daddy being sick, Mama had some type of cancer that she never told us about. But
0: do right. you think
1: of the impact on the family, or how do you think it impacted your family? Because you had younger kids at the time; they were teenagers, young adults. Um, they were scared. My
2: family, well, my kids were scared. Um, I'm gonna say this, and this don't sound terrible, but. My husband was scared, and my boyfriend was scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elena so
0: everybody that. was. Wait, wait, wait! I'm going <laughs> to see my song, what my son would
1: say because girls are players too. Hey! <laughs> but I know the story. <laughs> That's my, so uh, you know,
2: everybody players. was, everybody was scared, and worried. Like I said, you know, like, oh, God, is she going to die? Is she going to die? I just never – that was one thing I was never was afraid. I wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. I just I, – that fear just never came. So not for me. I, I wasn't scared for me um, because, like I said, I knew what I had asked for. And this, I, I really felt like this, at, when I got breast cancer, God was giving me a chance. He was giving me a choice. I mean, he was giving me a choice. Because I, mm-hmm. like I told you, I had prayed when Mama died. I prayed, I, you know, what am I going to do now? But, mm-hmm. and, um, and then when the breast cancer came and I told you, I went out and told him he was funny, I felt like he was giving me a choice. You asked for this. Now, you let me know what you want to do. So mm-hmm. I was never afraid because I always felt like he would guide me to the right choice. That's why when they asked me what I want to do, well, we can do lump optimise and just take it out, but you have it all in your milk duct, so, you know, you'll look like a pen cushion because of how many we have to take out and everything because they hadn't, what you call it, cause when they go together, my cancer cells, which they haven't, they hadn't collected yet into one knot. So, um, yeah, so he said that it would be a lot just to try to go and do lapoxia. So I just told him to take the whole breath. Just take the breath. If you have to take the other one, take the other one. Mm-hmm. Because if, that, if I'm going to live and you got that breath and I'm going to live, then you can have that breath. Yeah. There was
1: something that came up oh. and they were about women freezing their cells or their eggs as if they don't have children so that at least their eggs they can do it later because there are women that was diagnosed with breast cancer and they were pregnant and they didn't do the treatment yeah. up, may have wind up losing their life but the child lived you know and a, a lot of that yeah. is because we just don't we don't know we, we don't know any better so you right. want to get an advocate and, and and I'm just reflecting on some of the things that I learned while attending and work doing the um the conference the other day. Take somebody with you when you go to the doctor, because sometimes it's like going to court. We are so anxious, we out of it. We don't even know what they said. We don't even We're
2: remember. What they're saying, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I, because I did go by myself when I got my diagnosis. I was by myself. So after, like you said After they say breast cancer You don't really hear nothing else You don't Mm -hmm. hear nothing else So you're right I had to go back and take somebody With me because After that man said When we found breast cancer You have it in your I remember him telling me I had it in my milk Ducks and all five of my milk ducks I had breast cancer And um and then that was it. Anything after that, anything about treatment, anything about anything else, I did not hear. So mm-hmm. I had to go back and discuss with the doctor what my options were, what I needed to do, and things like that. And I did. I had to take somebody with me. Because, mm-hmm. you don't, You the doctor was sounding like that, wah, wah, wah. Oh, wah, wah. Charlie Brown, you
1: right? Yeah. Once you hear breast mm-hmm. cancer. Do you
2: hear breast cancer? Everything I thought that Dr. Mouse was wah, 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 wah. You don't hear nothing now.
0: Correct. So you're
2: right. Take somebody with you. Take it's somebody, so like somebody. gonna, Yeah, take somebody with you. Because even if it's negative, just the scare of breast cancer will have you out of it. Well, I
1: know um, my daughter thought I was crazy because I remember when I went, it was years ago, and they had did the mammogram. They did the biopsy. They called me back. Tisha was there with me. I asked if I could bring her in the room with me because I knew I was going to act the food, I was going to laugh. I was going to say something crazy. That's just me. And as soon as the doctor said, what we saw, we don't see anymore. I said, so you mean I get to walk out of here with both my titties? Tisha looked at me like she went not But I didn't know what else to say. But now, like I said, I get tired of these these freaking flags in my breast. It's like I, I, I went in February, yeah. they had to do a procedure. I went in October, they had to do a procedure. Now I got to go back again on my, on Friday for another mammogram, and then they'll say we saw something. And they went, I'm not tired of them. They get on my nerves. They really get on my nerves. So, <laughs> but the impact the impact on the person and the impact on the family because I think with the person, most of the times, some people just give up. Jean gave up. Jean wanted to prove a
2: yeah.
1: Jean's words was, you bitches can't live without me. I'll show you. That was her problem. And didn't realize that once she got to that stage, she didn't do nothing to nobody but herself. She did that to herself. Right. And so. That was the what she was trying to prove, but the unresolved trauma. She may have traumatized us, but we still have to live our lives. And a lot of times individuals are afraid to keep living after they may have lost a loved one or, you know, sometimes it makes them fight even harder because of me. I'm a fighter. I'm, I'm just not giving up that easily. We're going to figure this out sometime right. later. Right. I ain't going to be right, now, right. Okay? But right. that leads to the coping mechanism. How do you cope? What do what advice would you give someone, especially considering that you've been through this? Because the accident, let me tell something else I learned when I was at that event. I didn't know, when I stepped off the stage, some guy walked up to me and said, You went to Willowbrook and Centennial. Girl, I'm looking. He said, I know who you are. I knew your face. Girl, why were there so many people in there from Compton? <laughs> I sat t- went to a table because Vida was texting me. I thought a teacher was texting me. And um, people was like, I remember you from Compton. I remember you from Willowbrook. I remember you. It, it, it was it was amazing. It, it felt good to see people that I really didn't know. But they knew right. who I was or my name, so they remembered me from school. Right. Some of them may have been your age or some of them were older. But
0: uh-huh. just
1: know that people in a community are now doing more outreach and more programs and providing more services. And you can share a little bit right. about your experience because sometimes people don't know where to go, but there are support there's support out there. Talk a little bit about the support that you received.
2: Yeah, there is support out there and there's so many groups. And if you can find uh, for breast cancer a group for everything, a group for your kids, a group for your husband, a group for you, um, black women group, you know, uh, there's just anything and everything that you need is really out there. All the support that you need, all the um, learning tools, everything is is out there. You just have to just be warm. Be open to receiving it. You have to receive it. You can't um, close yourself off or think that you got leprosy and something. You got breast cancer, and it can be cured. You do not have to die from breast cancer. Women no. do not have to and die. From.
0: Men oh, don't not. either. Mm-hmm. But Jesus. what it
2: takes is for you to be diligent about your health. Correct.
1: Correct.
0: Like I said, you, to me, yeah, gave. So, mm-hmm.
2: well, you gave me. You just have to be diligent about your health. You have to, You, you like you say, you can't give up. You've got, you've got to want to live.
0: Uh-huh. Because blood
2: cancer can kill you, but it don't have to. It don't have to. And if you find the slightest bit of indifference, in your breath, even if you don't feel the lump, if you feel the slightest indifference with your breath, you know what your body look like. You know what your body look like. Thing,
1: on the floor, I mean, Phil, I guess Jean realized we're talking about her. My iPad is stable, but what
2: if they just fall? Because <laughs> always coming through like that.
0: It just fail. Don't we
2: talking about me like that. But I also, I like I told you, Jeanette, I became more um, forward once I got breast cancer, too. I, be, mm. You know, yeah, we'd always, you know, been religious. We always went to church and stuff like that. But um, after when the breast cancer happened, I think I just got closer because I talked to him a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, I
2: asked the guy to, your- to do
1: that's going to get you through, is the, girl, the Holy Spirit, yeah. you've got to have faith, you've got to believe in something more powerful and higher than you, but girl, like I said, I'm sitting up here, yeah. my head's here. iPad is already stable, girl, the whole thing just filled, I had to go grab it, I'm like, she better leave me alone, but that's okay, I said earlier, I'm about to go do <laughs> what they taught me how to do, as soon as I get finished with the show, I'm going to pause. So <laughs> I haven't been in a while, I'm going to go to I'm going to okay, so when we talk about these things and the coping mechanisms, you want to, the first few months are the most stressful. They're the first stressful after getting the diagnosis. You want to delegate. You want to get to know other patients, even though their story may not be yours. You want to keep a journal, develop a support system, you gotta live your life, relive your life. One of the things that I found Auntie, they were talking about relabeling, Reattributing, attributing refocusing, and revaluing. You learn to value life differently after you've been struck with something like this. And also the financial part. People don't realize that there's a whole other yeah. financial part. So if you have the ability before you get cancer, get an insurance policy that will specialize in it. Like I said, I have AFLAC. Then that way you don't have to worry about that right. financial burden. Because some people think because you got medical insurance, it's going to cover everything. It don't cover everything. It don't. No, it don't. The preventive medicines, or the preventive care, I still been not get, I think I owe dollars That's part of the reason why I get mad when they give me an appointment. I'm like, how much are you going to charge me? Now every time I go, they be like, oh, also you don't have a- on
0: that part, on the,
2: Also on the financial part, you know, I had uh, good health insurance, and I had short-term disability on my health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took so long to get that money, Jeanette, from the disability. I was back at work. Mm-hmm.
0: That's crazy. I was back at work, and I went to
2: work. I went to work about seven months after the surgery. Um, so. Seven months, I had no income
0: coming
2: in. Mm-hmm. No income. So you have to think, like I said, like you said, you have to think about it. So you need mm-hmm. to get, like, the death insurance or the, uh, the cancer insurance, like you said, so they can, you know, be paying you while you going through the whatever you have to go through. So just think if I had to go through treatment. I didn't have to go through treatment.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't have no radiation.
2: I didn't have no, you know, I didn't have to go through treatment, but just think of if I would, I would have been out of work longer than that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you we'll know,
2: Jean, no financial help.
1: Yeah, and Jean, I think Jean had either just retired or was about to retire. And I don't remember in a time frame, but I know a lot of it she, because she had, I think she dealt with it for, what, six years? It was about six years before she passed away. You know, and then what they said, that mm-hmm. summer was, what, 20 years? Before she succumbed to it. So it's different for everybody. But I want to say this yeah. for another time time out and I want to make sure I make it and I have not eight dinner and I'm trying to eat before really 7.30. So I'm ready to go and have myself a good time. I'm not going to be sad. Okay. To be fun. That's my outlet. It makes me feel better. But how are you getting through their birthdays today? Because, you know, I go to the cemetery Ooh. every year. I'll probably go this weekend. So what are you doing? Because I do my best to try to celebrate their birthdays to keep their memories alive. And this is just my way of giving back. But today is right. Rosa Hightower and Regine Brooks's Trump birthday. Girl, I forgot the age because I don't remember mine. But, oh, mom would have been, what, 101? Um, oh,
2: no. Yeah. No, because she's was... Mom was a 2022, 20, right? 23. Oh, so she would have been 100. At least that's what's on her driver's license, because I got her driver's license in my bag. You know what? That's what's I, on her driver's license. I, I got one of
1: her IDs, a driver's license, too, around here. I thought she was born in 2022. Zeddy must have been born in 2022. So she was born in 2023.
2: So Nobody she was born in 2023. 19. 1923. Okay.
1: Okay, so, so that must be Mama. So Mama would be a 100 this year. Wow! 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 If she could only live, because yeah. I keep saying I want to be, I want to be a hundred, and I only want to be a hundred so I can live to see right be fifty. got <laughs> to see him be fifty. So all the stuff he said to me, I'm gonna write it down, take a picture of it, video record it, so I can play it back. <laughs> I'm gonna get that little fucker, girl, girl, and then when you put, when you put him and Preston together. I was so calm the other day. I got a broke TV, cause one of them decided to throw a oh. remote at my TV. So I said, "Well, look, my have like getting me a new TV." You know, the girl, but that writer, that writer. Oh,
0: oh, oh my God!
1: A on TV. So, but so Jean was born and what, 48. Cause we was confused about her stuff too, cause it was all it was all jacked up. So let me see, 20, 20 <laughs> In 1948, so Jean would be 75. No, because Mama was supposed to be 22 years older than Jean. I thought Mama had Jean at
2: 22. She was.
1: She had her 20. 22. Jean's age is all messed up then. Okay, so if if that's the case, 100 minus 22 would be 78. So either Jean would have been 75, 78. We don't even know. Cause she was lying about everything, name, birthday, we don't know what. It was like. <laughs> I remember when I said, "I said, Mom, why don't you go to apply for your Social Security?" I see she tried, but her stuff wasn't matching. For Jesus' <laughs> so, so, wasn't put. matching up. Wasn't not matching. Anybody to steal their dog on Kaiser records out of hospital. Nothing was matching, so they, Jean wasn't able to get Social Security. She had to live off of her retirement. So if we, if a hundred minus twenty two is seventy eight, Jean had been seventy eight. You know Jean didn't want to get old. She, she didn't want to age. Right. She didn't want to get. Old. That was her big issue.
2: Right. But
1: I'm gonna enjoy their birthdays. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna have me a good time. Mama always said don't play poker. I'm gonna play three cards poker because I won ten thousand dollars doing that one time. So I'm just going to go have a good time, <laughs> eat, listen to music, come back home and get me some rest. What are you gonna? I know you want on a cruise. Oh. How's the cruise going? Yep. yep.
2: It's going great. It's Madison. going great. It,
1: it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Yeah. But I said, don't let my cousin get drunk. it still, still a lot of water, baby. It's a lot of water.
0: I can't,
1: I can't deal with that. There's that. There's I can't
0: deal with that too much out. water. Mm-mm. You
2: wake up and look out. It's so much water. Sometimes that's all you see is water. <laughs> see, uh-uh. y'all ain't seen no whales out there, no sharks and all that, do
1: you?
2: No, but they've been looking.
1: Who been looking?
2: They been looking. you, you
1: been know looking. Derek
2: wanted to see sharks and whales and shit. Sure. I you said the whales and the sharks was looking. I was like,
1: uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> can do all that. not mm, too much. And it's crazy because okay. and I don't know why, but the neighborhood in Compton are on a cruise too, but they're on Carnival. But they went before you guys. I don't know how long their cruise is. is it? But I yeah. noticed I've been seeing Facebook, I was like they left before there. But enjoy, have a good time. Make sure don't nobody get sold overboard. Make sure you banish everything, referee and all that getting their feelings. Because I know you, you, you delegated to do that, and you'll be all right. Tell Derek, if they blow the whistle, get out the pool. <laughs>
0: okay. Stop pumping
1: in my pool. Okay, he be, baby. You can't be going through the shark taking and, and making it well, where anybody else go down. So tell them to abide by the rules.
2: So he can't be blocking the way, Yeah,
1: huh? you can't be blocking the way and wondering he getting all the attention and he posing and all of that. And they tell him he in violation, he in what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll to follow the pool rules. Follow the pool rules. <laughs> we'll have fun. Oh, okay. All
2: right. You be calm. Careful out there.
1: I will. I will. Love you. Have fun. Right. Glad you Love you. And I'll see you guys later. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. okay
2: bye-bye.
1: That's into the show. And like I said, there are organizations like My Sister, My Friend. There's other organizations. The like Susan V. Coleman, always said wrong, organization. You got... Walk for Cancers, if you want to donate to some of those organizations, you can always find an organization to donate to. But again, breast cancer is not an automatic death sentence. Preventive care saves lives. Your attitude will make a difference in your outcome. So I'm not going to just say stay positive, but be positive. And until next week, talk to you later. Bye-bye.